Hello. Hello. to Three Stooges Throwback, the comprehensive, encyclopedic compendium of all things Three Stooges. From woman haters to sappy bullfighters, from Curly to Shemp, and even to Joe. I am your host, Gabriel Russo, and I'm looking at all 190 shorts produced for Columbia Pictures by the Three Stooges comedy team. Shut up and start talking. All right, Mo, you don't have to be so bossy. I guess that is kind of his thing. Hello and welcome back once again to the Three Stooges Throwback Podcast. I am still your host, Gabriel Russo, and we are still going over the 190 shorts produced for Columbia Pictures by the comedy team, the Three Stooges. This is episode 50, covering the short No Census, No Feeling, the 50th episode. First things first. I use Wikipedia, IMDB, and threestooges.net. I've incorporated takemeback.to and onthisday.com for historical bits, as well as obscureactress.wordpress.com from time to time to find all the information for all these episodes. And I am watching them from the Three Stooges, all one word, the Three Stooges account on YouTube in 1080p. And let me tell you, they look better than they did when they were first released. <laughs> I've read almost every book on the boys, and I use my own brain yuck, yuck, to formulate opinions on these shorts while also regurgitating the opinions of others. I am not an expert on the Three Stooges. I am a knowledgeable fan. I make mistakes. I leave things out, but it will be fine. I will probably repeat myself, well, 50 times at least. With that said, let's get on with the show. No Census, No Feeling has a runtime of roughly 16 minutes, 40 seconds. It was shot over four days from May 25th, 1940 through May 29th, 1940. Then it was released on October 4th, 1940. So about a month, about a four-month wait time on this one. Their work schedule here is uh, a plumbing we will go wraps on December 18th, and then they don't shoot again until April 27th. Or nutty but nice but then it is gangbusters from then on so nutty wraps may 2nd may 7th they start how high which wraps the 11th then from nurse to worse starts may 15th and wraps the 18th and then this one starts a week later on the 25th so i mean they're not digging ditches or anything but it's a lot of shooting that's a lot of work but then they did have off from december to april where they were doing personal appearances and whatnot i would imagine so let's see what's going on on October 4th, 1940. This is brought to you by OnThisDay.com and TakeMeBack.to. Roosevelt and Churchill are the world leaders, the free world leaders. October 15th, the great dictator. This is, uh, that's what, 11 days after this short. Will be released. The great dictator will be released. Charlie Chaplin's parody of Hitler. Remember, Mo Howard was the first on film to parody Hitler. So a film, one of the films, some films in the, uh, in pictures. A young lady goes to college, and without her knowledge, her father sends four football players as her bodyguards, who eventually join the college team and turn it into one of the best, while one of the players falls in love with her. That's the write-up for Too Many Girls, starring Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. 
1940. I didn't know they were together in 1940. I thought it was a later thing. So the tagline from the poster of this movie is, A happy load of hipple-dipple rhythm and a razzle-dazzle riot of collegiate fun, pep romance, and the kind of laughs that tingle. So I just looked it up, and they met on this movie, Lucy and Desi, apparently, and then they married November of 1940. Down Argentine Way is a musical with music, go figure, color, and romance, starring Betty Grable, Carmen Miranda, and Don Amici. Boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, woo-woo. That's my Bugs Bunny doing Carmen Miranda with his uh, fruit headdress. Finally, we have Drums of the Desert, an adventure picture starring Ralph Bird and Lorna Gray. That's right, Stooge fans, our own Lorna Gray. She plays Helene, who meets old Ralph on a ship bound for Morocco, where he is to be the new French Foreign Legion advisor. <laughs> the tagline for this picture, tempestuous romance in the heart of the burning Sahara, the toast of the Foreign Legion, betrothed to one officer. In love with another, as an Arab revolt threatens to destroy them all. That's pretty neat to stumble on a Lorna Gray picture. That was cool. The French Foreign Legion. Remember that used to be a real, uh, I guess that used to be a real thing. Boy, you'd hear about the French Foreign Legion on all kinds of old shows back in the day. Anyhow, on to the 50th Three Stooges short. No census, no feeling. This one is produced by Del Lord and Hugh McCollum. Hugh made a deal for his pictures to use the wardrobe and sets from Columbia Feature Pictures, which resulted in his movies having a more slick look than other shorts producers. This is directed by Del Lord. He started his career at Max Sennett Studios as a stunt driver for the Keystone Cops. Story and screenplay credits go to Elwood Ullman and Harry Edwards. Edwards became a director and he was regarded as the studio's worst director. The Three Stooges and Vera Vague both requested not to work with him. Wow. So Vera Vague was a character portrayed by Barbara Jo Allen. She was a spinster character who was kind of confused. Sort of sounds like that Gilda Radner Saturday Night Live character, the um, cheddar cheese. Um, I can't think of her name. Edna, maybe? Something? Anyway, this character was on radio and television. So Curly, Larry, and Moe are your stooges in question. We've got no featured credits on this one, but we do have some of the regulars and some newbies as well. Bruce Bennett is football player number 20. We remember him for winning the silver medal in shot put as Herman Bricks. We learned about him in a previous episode. Remember, he quits acting to go learn his craft and comes back with a new name and a new way and a new career <laughs> simone uh, boniface is the hostess she's a regular foil for the stooges her last ever appearance is on film with the stooges in 1949 for their tv pilot jerks of all trades max davidson is the storekeeper he started working in 1912 in silent pictures and in 1914 he started doing a character called izzy who was a comedic Jewish persona and did like 10 or 11 of these shorts with Izzy. Pretty interesting. He, you know, that's a, he had a, that's a big career back in the, you know, he worked for Hal Roach and then for Max Sennett. 
which are two of the two of the biggest comedy pioneers, and his 1928 short entitled "Pass the Gravy" is in the Library of Congress for being culturally significant. In what way, I don't know, but maybe I'll check it out later and report back. We've got Vernon Dent as Moe's bridge partner. We know all about Vern. Marjorie Kane is the maid. She's got 80 credits to her name, and we've learned about her a bit in the past. Frank Mills is the guard with 430 acting credits to his name. He worked on TV as well in a number of series of early television and 50s television. Bert Stevens is a party guest. He's listed as an actor in 489 films or shows and is uncredited in every single one. He was Barbara Stanwyck's brother, Bert Stevens. So she must have been Barbara Stevens. <laughs> John Tyrell is the napping guest. We've maybe exhausted what there is online about him. We've got Eleanor Vanderveer as the bridge player. She was known in Hollywood as the queen of the dress extras. A dress extra is a bit player who owned and could wear with style various formal wear. So she owned her own formal dresses and uh, could be an extra, you know, whenever called upon. It's pretty neat. Bert Young is the referee. Not much on Bert, although he's been in a bunch of these uh, with the Stooges. We've got Evelyn Young, no relation, I don't believe, is the slapping lady in the street. And we have exhausted info on her as well. So let's move right on. So we open the short on the square deal swap shop and the shopkeeper lets down the awning and the stooges fall to the ground. They were sleeping in the awning. They slap each other around a bit and argue and uh, Curly throws a pot that breaks a bunch of dishes and the boys take off running. Max Davidson here uh, goes for Izzy, <laughs> goes for a cop and the stooges run up the stairs into a building through the revolving door knocking down this dude who takes a pretty good stunt down the stairs. Um, he falls backwards, bumping his butt on every step. It's a pretty good little little bit, I thought. Anyway, Max brings the cop to his store and uh, showing him the damage, you know, and we see the boys come out of the building with census taker books, big, great big census books. They hide behind their giant census books as the cop runs by. So Curly's about to throw the book away, and Mo says, we just got a job. We're working for the census. And Curly says, oh, yeah? You mean Will Hayes? So Will Hayes was in charge of basically of censoring films in the 30s, roughly. Um, the Hayes Code was in force from 34 to 68 and was a uh, basically like a guideline. Uh, so films would be um, innocent, more innocent, less they would they would have you know less they wouldn't have nudity they wouldn't have adult situations they wouldn't have all that type of stuff um it was very uh puritanical similar to the comics code if you're familiar with that the comics code was the same type of thing um comics comic books put this uh seal on their comic on their covers basically claiming or proclaiming that this is an innocent book it's been run through the guidelines and you know, and is 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 not um, an EC comic is not uh, is not a uh, what do they call like Tales from the Crypt or all those crazy fifties comics horror and Tales from the Vault, all that type of stuff. 
Um, I usually keep that kind of stuff for the end of the episode, but I just happen to know that about Will Hayes. So, anyhow, the Stooges get four cents per name, but Larry and Curly don't know where they'll get the names. They just know that the more people they get, the more money they'll make. This woman walks by, and they chase her down. They say, oh, customer. <laughs> so they accost her. This is Evelyn Young. And they turn her around physically. <laughs> what's your name and your address? And Curly says, more important, what's your phone number? And she slaps the three of them and walks away. Curly says, wrong number. <laughs> Mo says, every man for himself. And then he runs up to a guy, and he says, excuse me, are you married or happy? <laughs> That's pretty good. And then we hear, Henry, that old yell. And then the guy ducks, and a vase smashes Mo in the face. He does a great fall down the stairs. I mean, it's not Mo, but the stunt guy, whatever, does a great uh, fall. Then Mo sits up at the bottom of the stairs. He sits up and checks married. <laughs> Larry goes up to the shopkeeper and asks him about his store doing census work. <laughs> they recognize each other, and the shopkeeper swings his broom. He misses Larry and smacks the cop in the face, who is still there. Then we cut to Curly, who is inside someone's house, oddly. He's talking to Fifi, the maid, who is Marjorie Kane. She says that she can't talk unless she gets permission from the madame. So Curly is on a mission. Um, he falls down in the kitchen, and when he gets up, he puts on a chef hat and uh, just starts pouring liquor into the punch bowl. So there you have it. <laughs> Mo comes in and starts to interview the chef about census data. Uh, Curly, who says, you've caught me at a bad time. <laughs> Mo says, where were you born? Curly says, Lake Winnipesaukee. He says, well, how do you spell that? Curly says, make it Lake Erie. I got an uncle there. <laughs> it was a litter of three, and I was the one they kept. <laughs> Mo recognizes him, and uh, he gets a squeeze of lemon in his face. So he takes a cheese grater to Curly. Ouch. Mo goes over, he starts interviewing this... Uh, Sleeping guy in the other room. Guy's sleeping on the couch. And Moe's asking him questions. He's unaware that Larry is on the other side of the couch, also laying down. And he's answering the questions. So Moe gets mad at the guy and attacks him in his sleep. The guy just hits Moe and storms off, presumably just leaving a stranger in his house, which is weird. Moe starts chasing Larry, and Larry says, He was mine. I saw him first. You owe me four cents. And Moe says, Will you take five? And Larry says, Oh, a bonus. And most smacks him. It was a pretty good little bit. So we cut to Fifi now talking to the lady of the house, Simona Boniface, Boniface, about the census takers. She says, uh, at a time like this, and I'm two bridge players down. Oh, gosh. It's, it's terrible. Mo is uh, smashing Larry's head in the cabinet, and then he kicks him in the butt. He opens the door, and Larry says, thanks. I never would have got out of there without you. What? Simona walks in and stops them from messing around. They start asking her census questions, and she's a question behind, so she's answering, you know, the second question, and they, anyway. So there's some pretty funny wordplay between the three of them there. They start to try and guess her age, and look at her teeth. <laughs> Larry says 53, Mo says, no, Larry says 43, rather. Mo says 50, and they do a little auctioneer bit, and Curly busts in the door, says, sold American, and they hit him with the census books. So she was 46 at the time, and uh, Larry says 43, Mo says 50, so roughly 46 is right there in the middle. I read that online as an odd little bit. So, Anyhow, we got Curly going back into the kitchen now, and he tastes the punch. 
It's not sweet enough, so he reaches for some sugar, but he grabs the alum. Now, alum is something that I only know of from Warner Brothers and um, Tom and Jerry cartoons. Someone would get alum in their mouth and it would shrink up. So I assume it dries things out or dehydrates things. So he dumps the whole box in, of course. So Mo and Larry are sitting in at the bridge game. They're playing for 10 cents a point. The boys are going to fleece these richies. <laughs> Mo says, deuces wild, and the lady looks at him scandalized. It's time for Fifi to serve the punch now, and Curly takes it out for her. Curly gets caught by Mo trying to drink the punch, and he pours it into a flower instead. The flower closes up, and Curly just stares at it. So Simona, the lady of the house, is bragging about how much they're going to love the punch. She made it herself. So Vernon Dent drinks some, and he pretends to enjoy it. Mo says, here's mud in your eye, and then he <laughs> drinks it, and he looks to spit, to spit it out somewhere, but he can't find anywhere, so he swallows it. He says, it's a little heavy on the Angora bitters. It's like something walked right through it. <laughs> Simona toasts, and Mo is afraid to drink more. <laughs> Everyone in the room is now drinking, and their mouths are all screwed up and puckered up. It's pretty good. Mo and Simona are talking to each other with like little kissy faces. <laughs> Not opening their mouths. It really made me laugh out loud. This is a funny bit. Everyone in the room is talking with closed mouths. Like I said, this really cracked me up. Curly and the maid are about to have a drink. Curly says, roses are red and how do you do? Drink four of these and woo, 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 woo. <laughs> he does the, uh, the little sliding ladle bit where it slips through his fingers and he raises it up to drink and it slips back down. I like that a little bit. Curly, uh, they finally have a drink and Curly thinks that she's making kissy faces at him. But she's not. It's the alum. But he kisses her. She slaps him and storms off. Mo goes up to confront Curly about the punch. And Curly goes bananas and just slaps the heck out of him with both hands. <laughs> Mo picks up. I guess Curly just didn't want to hear it. So Mo picks up the punch and throws it. Curly ducks and Simona gets soaked. Curly runs and Mo throws the whole bowl at him now. It spins on his head like a merry-go-round. We hear the crowd laughing, and we cut to Simona Boniface. Um, she is, uh, her outfit, her dress has shrunk, and you can see her garters. It's shrunk because of the alum. <laughs> so she runs off. The boys run out of the house, and Curly says, nobody's around because it's like Independence Day, like the 4th of July. Mo says, but it's October. Curly says, well, you never can tell. Look what they did to Thanksgiving. We'll get to that a little bit later. They hear cheering, and they look around. Mo points and says, hey, look. And there's a scene of a huge crowd at a football game. There must be 100,000 people there. We'll be rich, they say. What's 100,000 times four? Times four cents. And Curly does a great, like, scared reaction, like he's afraid of the math. But then he does that adding machine bit, you know. And uh, Curly says, that's a dollar and a half. <laughs> Mo gives him a slap, and off we go to the football game. A funny little bit. They're standing in the middle of the of the street in a in a residential district, and they point, and you can see the inside of the stadium with a hundred thousand people. So they can't get into the game, and eventually have to dress as players to sneak in. Larry, quarterback; Mo, halfback; and Curly, hunchback. 
He turns to the guard who is played by Frank Mills and he shows that he has a hunchback to get in. So they run over to the bench and they're trying to ask one of the players, Bruce Bennett here, some census questions. Curly says, you're so big, I should get eight cents for you. Bennett starts warming up. So they're doing warm-ups with him in a funny little scene. Pretty good. They run onto the field and try and make the players talk. Or try and talk to the players in the huddle, rather. <laughs> Curly brings an ice cream cart and uh, Mo smashes the vanilla cone right into his face. They chase the players now and Curly is, uh, he gets used as a blocker. Now there's a pile up and, and uh, Curly's in the pile. He starts twisting a foot randomly, but it turns out to be his own foot. He says, hey, how did you get up there? <laughs> a lot of these are reminiscent because a lot of the gags happen. It's funny. They happen in uh, in the, like I mentioned, Tom and Jerry or Bugs Bunny cartoons in the past. And uh, you'll get the same gags in those too, where, you know, they'll be in a pile and, the, and, you know, Sylvester will twist his own foot and, you know, or what have you. And it's just funny. They, they recycled the gags from live action shorts to, cartoons and all over the place so so larry brings a chain onto the field and he says if if we tie him down they'll have to talk to us <laughs> mo wants curly to steal the ball and uh larry has hooked up chains to the pants of a couple of these players and they get ripped off but curly has the ball and he takes off running down the sideline we got players from both teams chasing him and then mo and larry are chasing too We've got Larry pulling the ice cream cart and Mo riding on it. And he's throwing ice cream at the players, hitting them in the face with ice cream bars and cones. They end up riding this cart straight out of the stadium. And they keep on running with the players all chasing them down the street. The end. <laughs> so Curly's remark about Thanksgiving is in reference to, okay, prior to 1939, Thanksgiving was on a date which was proclaimed by the president every year, which sounds insane to me. Um, it would normally be proclaimed to be on the fourth Thursday of November, but in 1939, FDR moved Thanksgiving to an earlier Thursday, the third Thursday, to lengthen the holiday shopping season. So it made everybody mad. It made a bunch of governors and whatnot angry. I'm not sure why. Same reason they get angry now for no reason. So. But the business owners loved it because it was an extra, you know, it, it lengthened the shopping season. So in uh, 1940 and 41, it was also on the third Thursday. But in 1941, Congress passed a law moving it to the fourth Thursday. Phew. It's weird that it moved around like that. But that was what Curly was talking about when, you know, look what they did to Thanksgiving. So... This short gets a 9.6 out of 10 on threestooges.net. And I was originally thinking that I would give it a 9, but then I started thinking about the fact that, you know, if it can make me laugh out loud still after all these years and all these viewings and all that, um, I mean, I was really, I was cracking up laughing out loud all by myself watching that party scene with the alum. So I'm going to give it a 9.5 as well i'm right on there with uh, three stooges.net for the most part i worked this is not for nothing but since this is a census episode i worked the census in 2010 in north georgia the north georgia mountains i had some crazy nutso experiences with the census i had uh, dogs set on me i was not bit i was in my car but i had dogs set on me 
I had a gun pulled on me by a homeowner. As a matter of fact, I had two guns pulled on me. And it was told in no uncertain terms, never come to my house again, government person. <laughs> From Kookaroo Mountain Folk in Georgia. No lie. Then in 2020, but everything went off without a hitch. The, the census, the data was, was put in promptly and everything went fine. I got paid well. I got paid on time. There was no hitches at all. No problems. 2020, I'm in South Georgia. I go sign up for the for the census again to do the same thing. Um, it was broken from the very beginning. Um, I'm not, I don't want to get political here, uh, but it was the president at the time's fault because he cut, he messed with the census budget. He messed with the census date. That had to be returned in. He just messed with everything with without needing to, and it screwed everything up. I never got a paycheck. I never ended up working for the census. It it got so jacked up, and they dragged it along for two months, and then finally here in our county, the count was so messed up it was ridiculous. But so anyway, I did have some some census um, experience and. Uh, Boy, up in North Georgia, I had uh, the guy called me. You, if no one's home, you leave a little slip on the doorknob saying, you know, since this person was here, please call and, you know, we'll answer the, or answer the questions, you know. This is all if you didn't fill in your census and send it in. Then we went to follow up and find out who lived in the house, blah, blah, blah. So I had this guy call me back and he said, we shoot AK-47s up here. And uh, you're damn lucky we didn't see you come up here in your government vehicle. I said, well, first of all, I wasn't driving a government vehicle. But anyway, it's just people are insane about the census. So anyhow, right, left, we're all crazy. That's going to do it for this episode. So please join me for the next short, which is Cuckoo Cavaliers. Click subscribe so you don't miss out. Please rate and review the show and drop me a line if you have any questions or comments or book offers or bags of money that are just sitting around your house you can't keep anymore. Whatever. Thanks for listening. And I have been your chief knucklehead, Gabriel Russo, broadcasting from Stooge Studio at the back of the house. Although this time, it was the car. See you next time. Bye.